the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. There is uh, breaking news to get into uh, with CNN. They are changing their lineup, ladies and gentlemen, after taking a ratings beating. Uh, They have actually hired away their primary competition. I'll give you the breaking news and tell you uh, where you can see the new talent. uh, Air quotes, of course, uh, over on CNN. Coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show, telephone number is 888-900-3393, 888 SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, that's on-demand listening available for you here to the program. If you want to listen live, go to theblaze.com slash radio or the Blaze Radio smartphone app or the iHeart radio app. Social media, let me, let me tick off how you, let me tick you off. No, let me tick off the ways that you guys can, can access the show. First off, on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX, on Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. If you go to theblaze.com, you can find the channels section. That's theblaze.com channels. Make sure you find The Chris Salcedo Show. That is uh, a great way to, if you can't listen to the whole show, at least get a flavor as to what we covered on that particular day. And by the way, the way our Facebook Twitter symbiosis works, I update Facebook with a story. It automatically updates Twitter to let you Twitter followers know, hey, there's a story you got to check out on Facebook, the full version. Everything we reference on the show, or practically everything we reference on the show, we try to make sure that there is a reference that you can go and search the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page and get the the backup for your discussion with those uh, who are seeking to undermine freedom, liberty, the Constitution, and... um, the American left, of course, is is who I'm speaking. I'm also going to to float some things your way in this show. And I know how some of you out there are loath to pick up the phone and dial 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. But you would have a hand in shaping what this program sounds and looks like in the future. Uh because the questions I'm going to ask are are pretty pointed, but you guys are the authorities on these questions. So only you can answer them. And you know, I'm sure you're all looking at yourselves. What, me? Yes, you. So uh, there is one reason and one reason only that we do the program. A passion for the mission. A passion for the mission, the, the mission for the Salcedo Show has been to inform, to give you information and perspective that you will not get from a, a media that pretends, a press that pretends to be fair and objective, although they never represent our side fairly. They never give you a balanced look at the issues. So we always looked at ourselves as a counterbalance, some something to give you. And as a matter of fact, I think we do a pretty good job of articulating the left the honest left-wing perspective not their bs but what they're really after uh so that's all coming up with the show meantime uh, let me get out to, to cnn this is um rather 
I don't want to say it. Well, I guess it is breaking news because you're probably hearing about it here first. Uh, they have just announced the new lineup over at CNN because, and, and we put this, it's pinned to the top of the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. In light of recent ratings declines at CNN, the architect of their fall, committed liberal Jeff Zucker, has hired CNN's main competition. And they are pictured right there on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. So you guys can see, let me know what you think. Remember, the latest ratings showed that CNN had dropped behind uh, this new talent that they're hiring. Uh, They they could not even best the shows on which they appear. So CNN has hired them away. And (laughs) you'll be able to see them. On the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, I look forward to reading your your responses. All right, let's get over to the flip around, folks, and see what is what. Let's go to CNN. They are listening to the White House press briefing. Sean Spicer returning back to the podium. Let's listen in. You do your best a lot of times to, to get us to... Uh, to make a case why this should be answered by the White House. And so we, we end up spending a lot of time talking to the counsel's office uh, about what can and can't be referred to outside counsel, what still remains in our purview. Uh, and so uh, it was the decision of the White House uh, to bring someone on board that, like in a lot of other areas that we have counsels dedicated to that, uh, that the, there was significant uh, inc- interest in the subject to, to do that. I know it's going to sound wild and crazy, ladies and gentlemen, but the basket of bias press is consumed with Russia, Trump, Trump and Russia. We've made a decision here on the Chris Salcedo show that we will. We're not going to talk about this. And baseless accusations anymore. We're just not going to do it because. There, there come and maybe I should have arrived at this a long time ago, and this is because of feedback from many of you. Many of you are, are sick and tired of the press trying to convince you that nothing is something throwing up smoke in the hopes that you will abandon your support for the president's agenda. And with the, maybe not the president himself, because many of you in this audience have a problem with him personally as a human being, but I don't know many conservatives in this audience who disagree with Gorsuch or disagree with uh, the border enforcement or disagree with building the wall or disagree with, Uh, tax reform or disagree with a pro-American stance from the government. What he's doing, what he's doing in the agenda and what he's actually trying to enact, that's a positive thing. Now you may have a problem with him personally, but again, the, the agenda of the basket of bias press is to drive that wedge. And there's, there's only so many times when we could say these accusations are baseless. They're absurd. No Democrat is even suggesting credibly that laws were broken. No laws were broken. If Donald Trump Jr. broke a law, then so too did Team Hillary and the Democrat National Committee when they sought dirt on Donald Trump at the Ukrainian embassy. Let's see. Now, Fox is also covering this very same press briefing. So, oh, by the way, so that's how we're the only way we're going to cover What's going on with the the press's Russia Trump obsession? And and that is, it is them. It 
it is solely them. There is no there there. After a year investigating by the FBI, there is still no evidence of collusion. So what we're going to do is we'll, we, we will use the occasion to mock and ridicule the basket of biased press. Unless and until they give us something else that's not smoke. Give us fire, give us proof, give us something tangible. Otherwise, we're just going to mock you. Here is uh, Sean Spicer again, this time from Fox News perspective. It's being made in America Week. Um, you know, can we expect an announcement that the president made up his mind on whether he's going to do tariffs, quotas, or both? Uh, I think that the president's comments on Air Force One speak for themselves. When he's ready to make an announcement on that, we'll, 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 be, we'll share that with you. But uh, that is something that the team is still discussing with him. John Decker. Uh, thanks a lot, Sean. Has the president resigned to the idea that it seems unlikely that the Senate will vote on any type of repeal and replace bill any time in the immediate future? I, I know that Senator McConnell has made it clear that he would like Senator McCain back. We obviously wish him a speedy recovery. And as soon as Senator McConnell, um, uh, as soon as Senator McCain can travel back and Senator McConnell uh, feels it's appropriate, he'll schedule that vote. Made in America week. This is this is the Trump administration's. And if I had a, a criticism for the Trump administration. Is that their their press. Uh, push is 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 poor is incredibly poor. There is a way to power through the smokescreen being thrown up by the basket of biased press. The way to do that isn't to get on these press outlets and complain that all they're covering is Russia and and smoke from Russia and not what the administration is trying to do. There's ways to power that, power through that. Uh, And there's a... Look, I've I've offered this on many occasions to Republicans in Congress. I call, I've told you guys the story. They don't want to listen. So at any rate, there I think it's a valid criticism that the the White House isn't setting the agenda. They're not pushing legislation that's near and dear to them, i.e., an actual repeal of Obamacare. They're not. And by the way, I've we've tweeted the president saying, "Hey, dude." This is what what the Republicans are coming up with, and we'll get to this in the second hour. Republicans are coming up. It's, it's this is not this is not repeal. This is the this is the Republican Party putting a bumper sticker, a GOP bumper sticker on Obamacare and saying it's theirs. That's a losing strategy. It's only a, it's not only a loser for the the average U.S. citizen. It's a loser politically for the Republican Party. Because if they, they, these guys have convinced themselves that you are all so stupid that you're going to accept the passage of anything that says it's a repeal rather than the right thing. And I don't and maybe I'm maybe I'm the one who's naive, but I've never believed the American people to be that stupid. And I'm certainly not. And I don't think anybody in this audience is. So there's that. And uh, what else did he ask? He asked about, um, yeah, he asked about health care and he asked about, uh, yeah, I think I covered both. This being made in America week. Messaging terrible and the Obamacare so-called repeal, but it's not. It's actually Obamacare repair. The Republicans are, are endeavoring. Senator Rand Paul, probably the, the loudest voice out there saying, turn around, don't do it. 
So we'll get to that coming up in the second hour. In this hour, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to our buddy Jack Buckby over there in the UK. Uh, we've got some uh, Antifa raising hell here in the United States. That That is short for anti-fascist, but they are actually fascists, pretending to be anti-fascists. It's all coming your way. The Chris Salcedo Show here in the Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo's show. I there is there is discussion and there is evolution happening here in the Chris Salcedo show and in the network broadly speaking. And it's something I want to talk over with y'all. Now I know why this show exists. In my mind, this show exists to inform. This show exists to uh, explore and defend and reveal the benefits to our civilization, to our country, to humanity of conservatism. Why it, it is a superior ideology based in liberty and freedom to the greatest degree possible, consistent with a civilized society. And why is that important? It's important because a freedom-loving people is a pro- are a prosperous people, are a fair and a just people. And the America that I grew up in, there is, I think, an inherent drive in any parent to, to leave something better than what they found. And that's in the conservative heart. Now, my political opponents, uh, you know I don't hold them in high regard because of what they advocate. And on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, there is a, there is a synopsis of what I believe the sum total of their contribution to mankind is. And it is force. And there is a, it's a red sign that shows one human being pointing another, a gun at another human being's head saying statism, which another way is saying collectivism or communism or socialism. Ideas so good, they have to be mandatory. This is, this is the, lib, the liberal mindset, which I cannot wrap my head around. That says, oh, I have an idea of what would be utopian, but all I have to do is institute rules to ensure that people adhere to it. And I will issue these rules under threat of harm or coercion from an all-powerful state. And liberals believe this is the road to utopia. Of course, it's never been that way. It's never happened, but 
That's what that's their belief. Uh, I use history as my guide. Never has socialism succeeded in increasing liberty and freedom. Never has communism done that either. So the reason I do what I do, I get up. I, I just had this discussion with Mrs. Salcedo the other day. She said, you know, I couldn't do what you do. Have somebody have people calling up your program, telling you you're full of crap and you telling them you're full of crap. I go that that's what you think we do. I said, that's not what we do. There is there, there. You have these discussions in the arena of ideas so we don't start shooting at each other. The way they do in other less civilized countries. Now, notice where. The discussion has gone since Trump's, not even before Trump's victory. When the left wing doesn't get its way, they have resorted to violence. Antifa, these so-called anti-fascists, have taken to the streets and began, you know, and, and not just them, other left wing groups, those not dedicated to their professed causes, rather they're dedicated to spreading fear, threats, and intimidation to a population. You better, you better accept liberal control over your life or we will burn your freaking town down. You better accept this or violence, whatever, burning, whatever. Uh, Jesse Waters over the Fox News Channel interviewed one of these Antifa freaks, and this is what he said. It is in self-defense against right-wing aggression. Was it in self-defense when you firebombed a limousine during the inauguration? Yes. Okay, because the owner of the limousine is a Muslim immigrant. Were you aware of that? Well, you know, a lot of violence committed by so-called Antifa members is actually committed by these right-wingers who basically seek to make us look bad. Okay, so the Muslim immigrant who owned the limo that was firebombed was trying to make you look bad how? Uh, I don't think he's the one that firebombed it. It's these right-wing infiltrators. You see it all the time. Yes, yeah, you know what he's describing. How many times it, it is the Salcedo Show, one of the Salcedo Show axioms, that left-wingers often display qualities in abundance that they deem others to have. Uh, they project qualities on others that they themselves have in abundance. Former Secret Service agent Dan Bongino giving his opinion of Antifa. This group is a very, very dangerous group. Antifa, they, they call themselves anti, anti-fascist, anti but it's really anti-First Amendment. Now, what's happening here is social media is turning the tide on them, and everybody can see with their own eyes on video how violent and dangerous they are, and they're seeing public opinion turn on them. Yeah, I think he's right about that. Now, why do I think this story is worthy of explaining to you? Because because it's a trend that I see developing out here in the country that I think you ought to be aware of. And the question I have for you as you listen to today's program, are we delivering a talk show that you go, yeah, this betters my life. This is going to actually help me to make better decisions, etc. Or is there something else you're looking for from this program? Keep that in mind. Jack Buckby, coming up from the UK, next, talking about Antifa. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. 
Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. Turn on him. So they're trying to just disingenuously make up a completely false narrative that it's the right wing that's doing this. That's totally absurd. They are in love with violence. They embrace violence. It's the only tool they have. It's the only tool they have. And they're a bunch of children. They're just, they don't have their toys. So they're throwing things at people. Stan Bongino, former Secret Service agent, giving his opinion of Antifa. Uh, uh, an individual identifying himself as Antifa appeared on Jesse Waters' program on Fox News Channel. Over the weekend, let's talk about Antifa and many other things with a guy who warned this audience about Antifa, the fact that they had their origins over in Europe and that they were coming to America. And folks, I think they're here. Uh, Jack Buckby is a political activist and commentator as he legally expelled from university for holding non-politically correct views on the truth about radical Islam. He's a conservative and a culturist who discusses the decline of Western civilization, and he's a co-author of A Paradoxical Alliance, an Anglo-American analysis of the left's love affair with Islam. Jack Buckby, welcome back to The Chris Salcedo Show. Thanks for having me on. Great as always. So you had a chance to look at at this interview with this uh, alleged Antifa member uh, Jesse Waters had on the program. What'd you think? Well, it was funny. Um, you know, you can only laugh at these things at this point, otherwise you'll cry. Um, but the, these, as I said, yeah, the, these people have been around in Europe for a very long time. But one thing I'll say is whenever you hear about someone from Antifa being on the television or being interviewed by the press, be immediately skeptical because Antifa never ever work with the press. They refuse to talk to anyone who might disagree with them. They refuse to talk to the press because they know they'll be exposed. Um, this guy, I found, is actually a YouTube prankster. Um, he's not actually Antifa, which I, do, I find quite funny. But the amazing thing is, Chris, you can't tell the difference between the real ones and the fake ones. <laughs> well, this, this guy did, if he wasn't Antifa. Now, now l- 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 your experience, of course, has been the UK branch of Antifa. Is it possible that the Hollywood-influenced American culture, Antifa, are, are limelight seekers, and they think they're so emboldened after eight years of Barack Obama that they want to find the nearest television to declare how they believe that uh, that uh, their, their uh, left-wing extremist views are now mainstream? Or do you think this guy really is uh, not really Antifa? Yeah, I really think he was a troll. But there are some people that do do it. There are some people who kind of border on the Antifa side of things. Now, here's the distinction. In the UK, we had things like Unite Against Fascism, Hope Not Hate, Searchlight Magazine. These were all these collective left-wing groups that sort of worked together. And interestingly, were actually funded by the government. They had signatories who were members of parliament. They were funded by organizations that were connected to the Labour Party. And they were used as a way of breaking campaign laws. So Hope Not Hate, for instance, which was essentially a precursor to Antifa, um, used to campaign against political parties, but not necessarily for the Labour Party. But because they were campaigning against the other parties, it effectively was campaigning for Labour, and it was just a way of getting around the electoral process. And those are the guys that will do television interviews, because they think they're so, um, they're, they're so divine and so enlightened, and they really think 
that they're fighting this just cause. They don't realize they're puppets in this horrible, corrupt political game. Um, but the Antifa side of things are the guys that go out wearing black and they cover their faces. They refuse to let anyone know their names. They'll set limousines on fire. You know, they'll attack people. In Britain, they've attacked people with darts and knives in the street. Um, and they're the scary lot. So what you'll find is that Antifa won't talk, but the kind of left-wing organizations that surround them will yeah, and I've I've seen it replicated in the states. It's come from here, and now you've got it yourselves. Yeah, you know they they, they, they yeah they take on identities like Acorn here or Black Lives Matter, or yeah. some other type of group. So that's interesting. A real Antifa will not get on camera. That's very interesting. I, I wonder if Jesse Waters over at Fox News uh, <laughs> is is doing some more investigating uh, if he if he gets wind of this. Uh, let's let's pivot if we can. Uh, allies and conservatives. Uh, uh, are, well, let me, let me ask. Let me ask this about about the Obamacare debate. A lot of our allies who are conservatives in the Congress that they are telling us that this Obamacare repeal effort by the Republicans is is nothing of the sort. It's more of a repair job. And now yeah. you have left wingers over in the states basically saying that it's time for single payer much like you have over in the uk and uh, and you and i have kind of touched base on this before that the uk is very is somewhat enamored with their with their socialized medicine yes that's true there's two things in the uk that you um, that we won't in, we won't, we won't ever sort of ditch uh, we will never talk badly of and that's the national health service and the queen Um, And the National Health Service, if any politician ever says anything bad about the National Health Service, they will never be elected to any kind of public office ever again. It's um, it's it's a a, a, it's a it's a pride thing. We had the the post-war consensus after the Second World War. We uh, created the National Health Service and people on both sides of the political debate have always stood by the NHS. And don't get me wrong. It has its flaws. But you accept some of those flaws because the way we see it is uh, it's kind of nationalist in a way. It's a way of saying, well, we want to ensure that every single person, no matter whether they can pay, no matter whether they you know, can afford this level of service or that, everyone has access to at least the same level of basic service. And it has served as well, to be fair, Chris. Now, I'm not saying this is a system that the Americans should use, but it has served as well for many years. And even when I was a child, I'm only 24, but even when I was a child, not that long ago in the grand scheme of things, I remember the doctors were so good that they would come out to your home just to take a splinter out of my foot when I was a child. You know, it was really efficient. We got great service. Today, it's not so great, um, but that's because of the, the the huge burden being put on the NHS because people access it from in, inside the European Union and from abroad and things. But, you know, I've been watching the American thing unfold, and I think what it says to me is America has to choose. You either go completely down the social socialized route or you go completely down the capitalist privatized route and anywhere in between doesn't seem to be working. Well, you know, and again, I think that that's actually kind of fair what you just said, that your your society got together. And I, I think the reason why you, you may be a little correct about how it works for a smaller population and the size of of Great yeah. Britain compared to a, a massive country the size of the United States Um but your nation got together and said, we, are, we agree on this. We had a, a soundbite from a Canadian reporter that jumped on Meet the Press and basically said the same thing. The Canadians got together and said, we're, we want to do this and we're going to sacrifice some things. We're not going to have shiny hospitals. We're not going to have short wait times. Not everybody's going to be seen in a timely fashion. 
And that's the trade-off. And you guys had an honest discussion about what socialized medicine can do and what it can't do. We've got leftists over here, Elizabeth Warren and others, who are saying, oh, yeah, you know what? You're going to get uh, socialized medicine and you'll, you will not see a reduction in care or access. And that's an out-and-out lie, yes? I, I would say so, yes. I mean, again, it does work for a, a smaller population and we've we've seen just how strained the nhs has become with people accessing it from overseas and you know what the politicians say now is because we have this love of the nhs which i also have i might say um because we have that the politicians now in order to stay elected they have to say well every year we will commit more money to the nhs every year Every year, more money. How is that sustainable? You know, mm. I think the only way we can actually maintain our socialized system here now is to reduce the burden and to make sure we don't have people from all over the world accessing it in many uh, cases for free. Um, so, yes, you're right. We You take some trade offs. But the thing is, in the UK, you can have the NHS, but you can also purchase privatized healthcare on the top. What I would personally like to see uh, to make the system a little bit better is to say, well, if you don't want the NHS in Britain, you can stop paying your taxes for that and you can just buy a private healthcare system. I think that would tweak it and make it perfect. But in America, you've got a decision to make at this point. And what I'm seeing from this healthcare bill that's being pushed through, it doesn't seem to be that much different to Obamacare. Yeah. No, well, no, it isn't. And as a matter of fact, it's it's uh, a little bit of lipstick on the pig that is Obamacare. Yeah. And, and we'll have some we have a massive amount of sound bites from Rand Paul and uh, John Cornyn and others coming up in the second hour to talk about that, because that's a direct impact. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, uh, you and I spoke earlier and I let you know about the plight of Jonathan Dunn, who is uh, from Ireland. He is uh, a blaze uh, contributor. And he was not allowed, much like you, to come over to the United States. And I, and here you guys are in, in American allied countries. You guys have a specific skill set. And uh, your only crime appears to be your conservatives. And you love yep. this country. And you're willing to come in the front door rather than, you know, jump uh, down to the southern border and come in illegally. It, mm. it, it, it is a slap in the face in my view. That guys like you, guys like Jonathan Dunn and others who could contribute to the fabric of the United States of America are not allowed in legally. But illegal aliens, some of them criminals and felons, are allowed in uh, at will. Give me your reflection on now that I told you about Jonathan Dunn's case and your own. What what, what do you think as somebody from the outside looking at uh, the progressives in this country who think this system is just? See, I, I think the American immigration system, you've got it all wrong. The priorities are completely wrong. And I think this is a really interesting point uh, um, coming from Ann Coulter, really, about the, the, you know, the replacement of a population and a people and the change of culture. Um, it seems that America is prioritizing refugees or many criminals from the South. Uh, meanwhile, Europeans who are traditionally, the, let's face it, the, the best fit into an American society because America, a lot of Americans hate it when I say this, Chris, but America is a European society. Um, and I think <laughs> if you're going priori- to prioritize uh, any kind of immigrant, I think it should be Europeans personally, mm. um, or at least make sure that they're not getting, you know, stuck at the bottom and not being allowed through. Now, the only crime now, I, I Jack, I, is- no, wait a minute. Hold on. I, I think, you know, progressives want to make sure the radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists have their say in Western society. I mean, that's what's wrong with that 
<laughs> I don't know. It's 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 it's. This is what I wrote my book about. Actually, is that in that bizarre thinking from the left? They would rather have people from the Middle East who hate gays, who want to throw them off buildings, who don't respect women, and they, they'd rather have those instead as opposed to me. Who I mean, what have I done, Chris? What have I done? I've dared I've dared to say that there might be a civilizational um, struggle at this point in well, Europe. Well, you know, you know what, you, you know what you've done. You know what the, the left looks at you. And, and then they look at the radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorist who throws gays off of buildings, who, as you said, disrespects and, and objectifies women. They look at you. You're a conservative and you oppose their policies. So you are the threat and not the radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorist. That's that's their way. That's their crazy way of thinking. A paradoxical alliance, an Anglo-American analysis of the left's love affair with Islam. Co-author of that book, Jack Buckby, political activist and a good friend of the Chris Salcedo show, sir. Appreciate your time as always. Thank you so much for having me on. Take care, mate. You bet. More to come, folks. Other side of the break. It's the Salcedo Show. You're in the blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, glad you made it back, everybody. Uh, we're waiting for the President of the United States to speak at a Made in America event. Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence, is speaking right now. And the way this will probably work is I will go into break here at the top of the hour. We'll hit the news. And then when we come back, uh, President Trump's speech will be over <laughs> because that's just the way that just this is the way the news gods operate. We can at least hear Vice President Pence. Hold on a second. But he calls those three beautiful words made in America. In fact, this president has signed more laws slashing through federal red tape than any president in American history. Under President Trump's leadership, we've been fighting for trade that's both free and fair so that American businesses and American workers can compete and win with companies anywhere in the world. In fact, as we were just talking down the hallway just last month, thanks to the president's leadership, American beef is now being shipped to China for the first time in 13 years. We've been unleashing American-made energy, rolling back the clean power plan, approving the Keystone and Dakota pipelines. And when he did so, President Trump took executive action to make sure that new pipelines in America would be built by American workers using American steel. So this is part of the uh, White House effort to change the narrative, to actually give, you know, uh, those who are defending the administration something else to talk about, about what really impacts people's lives. You know, it's this is kind of funny because this pivot by the White House is similar to the, the questions I was asking all of you to weigh in about, you know, you guys could, if I asked you what you wanted out of your government, for example, would you be able to tell me? So if I ask you, hey, what do you want out of this talk show? 
Would you be able to tell me that? Telephone number is 888 I'm looking at this monitor. I think they're starting, they're starting to widen out. And I think, yeah, he's just in time for me to have to go to break. Uh, the president of the United States is stepping up at the podium. Everybody's raising their, their phones. Hold on a minute. Maybe we can get a couple of words in. But the gentleman who was in charge of uh, Omaha beef, they do beef. He hugged me. He wanted to kiss me so badly. Whoa, hey, hey, hey. Because he said... It, our business is a whole different business now because you got China approved. The other administrations couldn't even come close. And I told him, you know how long it took? One sentence. I said, President Xi, we'd love to sell beef back in China again. He said, you can do that. That was the end of that, right? Sonny, the great Sonny Purdue. You know, I don't know if I'd be admitting it, if, if I were the president, I'd say, you know what? Took painstaking negotiations that only I could pull off. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches? I don't have to show you any stinking batches! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, 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 the President of the United States is still speaking, uh, so I'll be able to bring you some of his comments live. We are watching C-SPAN right now here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Let's listen in. Urge Americans to produce their own goods so that our young nation could become truly independent. President James Garfield said of our nation's manufacturers that to them, the country owes the splendor of the position it holds before the world, meaning protect us. Theodore Roosevelt declared in his first message to Congress that reciprocity, my favorite word, reciprocity, because we have countries that charge us 100 percent tax on a product. And when that product is sold by them to us, we brilliantly charge them nothing. And people say, oh, that's free trade. No, that's stupid trade. (laughs) That's really stupid trade. (laughs) Hold on a minute. I've got to make sure I get that. I've got to make a mental note. That's That's pretty dang good. It's incredible. You'll actually have people who, no, we can't do that. That's free trade. It's just it's so incredible. But what are you going to Oh, what happens in Washington, you just wouldn't believe the things. But reciprocity must be treated as the handmaiden of protection. And William McKinley proclaimed that we ought to take care of our own nation and her industries first. We have to look at our nation first for a change. We've been looking the other way for a long, long time. And if you look at what's going on in the success of other nations, even in Europe, you look at some of those countries, one in particular, it's not fair to the United States. And that's why I'm here. And I believe it's one of the primary reasons you elected me and Mike. I mean, that's why we're here. And I think you're going to see a big, big, I don't think, I don't think, I know you're going to see one of the great differences. And you're already seeing it but it's going to get 
more so and more so. And we're going to end up having a level playing field. I don't want to say any more than a level. But if the playing field were slanted like a little bit toward us, I'd accept that also. Okay? <laughs> So once again, we will celebrate craftsmen, producers, innovators like the incredible men and women in this room today. We will protect our workers, promote our industry, and be proud of our history because we will put America first. America will be first again. We will make America great again. Remember that. And All we'll right, that's President of the United States speaking year, right now at... Uh... Made in America event he's speaking at right now. <laughs> That's not fair trade. That's stupid trade. Um, and, and I think part, I, I think he's right. Part of the reason why he was elected is because of the, of these, these politicians who for far too long have fallen into this morass of saying, well, you know, we've had it so good for so long. It's time for us to screw our own citizens and make sure the rest of the world has stuff they didn't earn. It's the redistributionist model uh, on a global scale. And this whole idea that America didn't earn what she got, we came up with the best system. That Now, granted, our political opposition has been trying to undermine, but we came up with the best system and we implemented it instead of emulating us, the rest of the world says, well, it's up to America to give us more of their crap. They earn it. They got to give it to us. And it's socialism 101 on trade deals. Oh, well, you know what? We're going to tax American products because America can afford it. 100% going in. Oh, our products going into them? No, no, we're not going to tax that at all. We're not going to. We're going to insist they don't tax that at all. Now, there is a consumer benefit to that. The price of these things do tend to skew lower. Chinese-made products in Walmart primarily tend to be uh, cheap for lower-income folks. What Donald Trump's vision is is an expanding America, more jobs, more upward mobility so people can more people can afford more and stop penalizing the job creators, the legitimate job creators. Now, what about those individuals who uh, joined big government and put the screws to us? Of course, I'm talking about the traitorous insurance companies. And we are fixing one of their big screw-ups, the Democrats and these crony capitalists, uh, allegedly fixing with, with Obamacare. Senator John Cornyn was on NBC saying that that the hubris, the arrogance of these Democrats knows no bounds. Well, health care is hard, and uh, we know that, but uh, we have no choice to try to come to the rescue of the millions of people who are being failed as a result of the problems with Obamacare. And yes, unfortunately, it's become a partisan issue, and uh, our Democratic friends are refusing to lift a finger to help their very constituents who are being hurt. Why would they do that? Here, here is the Democrat Party. They unanimously vote and impose Obamacare. Not one Republican vote. It begins to tank as we all knew it would. Their solution is 
just throw more money at it. Then it'll work. Well, wait a minute. This law didn't run into unexpected headwinds. This law hasn't been a victim of a changing America over a century. This law was ill-conceived from the very beginning. And it is doing precisely what we said it was going to do. It was going to ruin an entire industry. Frankly, an industry that doesn't deserve to survive. I'll say that again. An industry that does not deserve, by and large, to survive. At least not the big players who sold you and me out, the traitorous insurance companies. There is a Salcedo show axiom that goes like this, folks. If you are a business that cannot be profitable and survive without government assistance, then you don't deserve to be in business. Now, there is a caveat to that. If your private sector business services the government, then that's okay because you're providing a service that's unique and the government pays for it. Otherwise, if you are a private sector business like the insurance companies and you have, through a series of bribes and through a series of political payoffs, have elected leaders subsidizing your business model with taxpayer money, you don't deserve to be in business and you certainly don't deserve a dime of my tax money. Not one dime. And that's the big problem with this current version of the Obamacare repair from the GOP. Is not only does it slap a GOP sticker on the failed model of Obamacare. It uh, ha- you have this $127 billion pot of money, your money, that the federal government under the Republican plan would increase by $70 billion, $200 billion, $200 billion to do what? To bribe the insurance companies to sit there and say, we're go- w- the, the taxpayer is going to subsidize to give the illusion that that premiums are coming down. It's not free market, ladies and gentlemen. It is, the, it is the antithesis of the free market. It is perverted by government's interference in it. So, that's where we stand. Rand Paul gave a rather eloquent explanation in defense of his plans. We'll get into that coming up next on the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Be right back. He is a liberty-loving Latino conservative. Need we say more? The Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. to the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, the topic, of course, we're speaking now affects every man, woman, and child with the sound of my voice. So I'm, I'm pretty secure we're, we're hitting a home run with this on the Salcedo Show because this, to be frank and to be clear, 
It's not like Obama. Let me be clear. If the government controls your health care, they control you. And not necessarily your own health care, but the health care of your parents, health care of your children. They control you. Make no mistake, our political adversaries are after this eventuality. To the point to where they could say, what are you going to do? Do what we tell you, or you know what? We're going to have to put some pressure, political pressure through some bureaucrat on your health care outcomes. And trust me, ladies and gentlemen, there is no defense written into these bills for you to stop, to protect you from expansive government. That was the, the beauty of the founders and their understanding of human nature. They wanted to curtail government's ability to wield this kind of power, knowing that it corrupts absolutely. And that's, the, that's the, one of the primary reasons why the conservative fights, because every lesson of history tells us of the dangers of where progressives are taking us. Senator Rand Paul, and I, when I say progressives, I'm talking about both Republicans and Democrats, says, uh, Rand Paul says the traitorous insurance companies, they are the last people who need our money. Does Senator, Senate Majority Leader McConnell have the votes to pass this revised bill? You know, I don't think right now he does. And the, the real problem we have is, you know, we won four elections on repealing Obamacare, but this bill keeps most of the Obamacare taxes, keeps most of the regulations, keeps most of the subsidies, and creates something that Republicans have never been for. That's a, a giant insurance bailout super fund. That's not a Republican idea to give taxpayer money to a private industry that already makes $15 billion in profit. It's one of our primary objections to Planned Parenthood pulls down a billion a year. And then you got to ask yourself, then why am I as a taxpayer subsidizing these baby killers, the butcher shop? Same goes for the traitorous insurance companies. If they're pulling down all kinds of coin, why do they need my taxpayer money? Well, they would say, well, because government is imposing all these regulations on us. So government has got to bail us out with taxpayer money. To which I say, then the lesson is get the government out of insurance and get the government out of health care. Now, there are certain rules of the road that every insurance company must adhere to. I'm not talking about Obamacare's arbitrary, uh, what do they call those, necessary benefits or critical benefits. What's, what, are the, what is the name they call those things? Uh, it, it, it was oh, essential. There it is. Essential benefits essential to who who said they were essential obama what the hell does obama know obama doesn't know very much neither do any of these progressives on both sides of the political aisle up there on capitol hill they don't know very much all they know is they're getting paid they're getting paid a lot of money from these traitorous insurance companies and the traitorous insurance companies want to make sure that no matter what happens to that $200 billion is set aside for them to get their hands on. It's bribe money. Oh, just make sure we get that $200 billion. Oh, by the way, you think it's a, it's, it's a flat rate, $200 billion? You're lying to yourself. That $200 billion pool will be a, a, a down payment because that pool will stay. And the traitorous insurance companies will be able to blackmail your elected leaders. Well, 
if you don't continue to give us this taxpayer money, uh, I guess we're just going to have to raise your rates. And that's not very popular thing to happen. Is it congressman? Is it senator? Notice I didn't specify a party. If anybody wants to get fiscally responsible in Washington, here comes the traders insurance companies and their well-paid lobbyists. Well, I would sure hate to, to raise the, the rates on your constituents right coming up on an election year, Senator and Congressman. I really hate to do that. Who in their right mind would give that kind of power to a, a crony capitalist industry to lord over you in government? I believe in, the sep- in separation. Government and business shall not mix. Government stays out of big business. Big business stays out of government. They have different missions, the two of them. Rand Paul telling Fox News Channel he favors the replacement of Obamacare. And let me, let me be plain with you folks. I, I too, favor a replacement. I have, there is a recognition the Salcedo Show has that Obamacare did its job. It destroyed the insurance market. So anything that was going to come after the repeal of Obamacare would have to provide sufficient time to the crony capitalists to let these let the traitorous insurance companies know, hey, time to get your big boy pants on. You're going to have to compete now. You're going to have to go into bi- actual business. This is what free enterprise looks like. You're going to have to compete with the guy down the street to produce a better mousetrap. Better get busy. You got three years. That was my that was my idea of a replacement bill. A sunset provision. Here's Rand Paul's idea. I'm still for replace. It's just my definition of replace is a lot different than some of the big government Republicans. My idea always was to replace it with freedom. Legalize choice. Legalize inexpensive insurance. Allow people to join associations to buy their insurance. I'm still for all of those. And I think those that could actually be part of clean repeal. In fact, most of the ideas I've had on uh, letting people join groups to buy their insurance, you know, letting the plumber and his wife join a, a large group like the Chamber of commerce. Those ideas are actually welcomed by virtually every Republican. That passed in the House of Representatives unanimously. It's the Liberty Health Share model. Um, so, yeah, Liberty Health Share does basically that, and he wants to promote it nationwide. And by the way, it works wildly successfully. Uh, Rand Paul telling Fox News Channel also that he wonders why the Republican Party is so eager to slap a GOP sticker on this pig and call it of Obamacare and call it their own. You know, I would caution about overselling what's going to happen. I've been involved with healthcare for 20 years as a physician. It was in uh, terrible shape before Obamacare. It got worse under Obamacare. And I predict that the fundamental flaw of Obamacare will remain with the Republican plan. And this is a big reason why I can't support it. See, it does. This whole idea that taxpayer money should subsidize the insurance industry to drive down premiums and to drive down deductibles. That's a failing model and it will fail because it always, it's socialism. It always fails. It always will. It always has, and it always will. Except socialism will now be owned by the Republican party. If they do this, Rand Paul is absolutely correct. He doesn't want to go down in history as being a Republican who said, oh, yeah, we think it's a great idea to have taxpayer money flow into a private business. 
To which I say to the Republicans, are you out of your flipping minds? You know, being a Republican used to, used to, well, when you were a Republican, you stood for something. And it wasn't this. The fundamental flaw is that mandates on insurance cause prices to rise and young, healthy people then say, hey, I'll just wait till I get sick. And the insurance pool gets sicker and sicker. It's called adverse selection. We also call it the death spiral. The Republican plan admits that it will continue. They just say, hey, guys, we're going to subsidize it. We're going to dump billions of dollars into the insurance companies and say, please charge less and, and try to counteract the death spiral. But the Republican plan doesn't fix the death spiral of Obamacare. It's simply subsidizes it it subsidizes it and then they take ownership of it and when it fails as predictably as obamacare fails guess who owns it then that's right the republican party the chris salcedo show part of generation blaze only on the blaze radio network Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. I've seen the way things work in Washington, and the sad thing is we do these 10-year plans. They kind of remind me of the Soviet five-year agricultural plans. They're kind of a fiction. That's Rand Paul responding to Fox News Sunday, and, and the question was this. Uh, there's, some good, there's some good stuff in the Obamacare repair bill. Uh, being issued by the Republican Party, like the Medi- the Medicaid, Medicare reform, to which Rand Paul rightly points out that this stuff is slated for years, you know, seven, eight, nine, and ten. And you guys know what happens that no current Congress can bind a future Congress. You get some libs in charge, and you'll never see that stuff again. You'll never see that come to fruition. It was like the. Uh, the amnesty the Reagan put out. Reagan said, yeah, okay, we'll allow these three million people to stay. But then I'm going to need border security. I'm going to need all of this. So the Democrats and the Republicans said, oh, yeah, 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 you got it. You got it. Let, let those people in. Normalize three million illegal aliens. They were normalized. They were here. And then the security never came. The border security never came. Ronald Reagan agreed to a tax increase. Uh, on the contingency uh, or on the uh, contingent on tax cuts. Oh, sure. Okay, no problem. Spend, 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 spend. The tax cuts, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the, the spending cuts never came. They never do. Oh, yeah, we'll spend the money now, but in year 10, we'll start, we'll start cutting spending. These elected leaders with full knowledge know that it'll never come to pass. The American people in a decade will forget all about it. And they can just spend wantonly money that isn't theirs. Uh, so Rand Paul says, yeah, he knows the game. Republican Party comes in. Hey, let's just go ahead and put $70 billion into this pot to pay off our buddies in the in the uh, traitorous insurance companies. And you know what? We'll get to that Medicaid and Medicare reform, you know, in about, you know, 
seven, eight years. We do the things in the first two or three, four or five years, and then by the time we get to seven or eight or year nine, there's a new Congress, maybe there's Democrats, and then the whole Medicaid reform goes out the window. But the bottom line is I'm not willing to trade Medicaid reform for an insurance company bailout, an insurance company entitlement. They call it a temporary stabilization fund of nearly $200 billion. It's never going away because they do not fix the death spiral of Obamacare. The death spiral of Obamacare will remain with the Republican plan, and that's why I just can't support it as it's written. See, and he's he's absolutely right. You folks think that the $127 billion from Obamacare and the $70 billion from the Obamacare Republican style, uh, is that fund is going away? No way. That's, That's the traitorous insurance company's extortion fund. And they get to hold the entire country hostage to massive to massive premium increases unless they get their guaranteed money from the government. It's rather it's a rather slick little setup, isn't it? And guess what? You and I get screwed. Or more to the point, our grandkids get screwed because this is money the United States government doesn't have, so they put it on the credit card to make sure it's transferred into the pockets of these traitorous insurance companies. It's... It's a scam. We're getting scammed again. Uh, Rand Paul saying there is a way to do all of this. And and I think it's a rather semantic argument on his point. But this is I I think he's talking about politics here. Well, there is a way we can do it. We do a more narrow, clean, cleaner repeal. But we can also at the same time put forward a bill that has some of the big ticket spending items that conservatives object to. I will vote against that. But there are many bills that all the Democrats always vote for. If it has government spending on it, Democrats vote for it. So there's a chance we could take the things that I object to on the repeal bill that aren't repeal, that are big government spending, put them on a bill the Democrats typically vote for. One is called S-CHIP. It's a reaffirmation of like Medicaid for children. It'll be a big spending bill. And if they want to spend billions on bailing out the insurance company, they could do that with Democrats because in all likelihood, Democrats will vote for that. Conservatives will vote against an insurance bailout, but we'd have a clean repeal and then we'd have a spending bill. See, when he's talking about, okay, we just separate everything out. We have the clean repeal so Republicans can maintain that promise. Simultaneously, All the big spending Republicans, primarily in the Northeast, although there's some out in Nevada, too. Along with universally all the Democrats who are fiscally irresponsible, who believe who believe in taxing and spending. uh, Basically, keeping themselves employed using other people's money. Universally, all the Democrats and all these big government Republicans will all team up and say, yeah, we'll vote to put more money on the credit card. Knowing full well, we'll be dead. And my children and grandchildren will be paying back this unrepayable debt. So basically what Rand Paul is saying is, but the Republicans get to say we repealed Obamacare. He's looking for the rhetorical political argument. They could actually be advanced simultaneously, really on the same day. Moderates would get what they want, which is more debt for the country, more spending. Conservatives (laughs) would get what we want, a clean repeal, which is really the only thing we promised in the election, and we promised it over and over again. So it kind of annoys me that Republicans are going back on their word to repeal Obamacare. It annoys the hell out of me, too, Senator. It really does. And you guys heard how he characterized those big government, those Susan Collins, those big government Republicans, Corker and McConnell and all those. 
They get their wish. They get to pile billions upon billions of dollars of unrepayable debt on their grandchildren so they can live in the temporary convenience of today, along with universally nearly every Democrat. By the way, Rand Paul was uh, was able to eviscerate some of these crazy GOP alternatives to Obamacare that... <laughs> Uh, one one of them they dare to call federalism. Well, the problem is, is Obamacare was a trillion dollar tax increase. If you tell me it's federalism to increase taxes by a trillion dollars, collect them in Washington and then send them back to be spent by the states, that's not really federalism. Federalism would be devolving the power and the size and scope of the federal government to the states, and I'm all for that. But I think their proposal would, uh, I don't know exactly what it is as far as what it will do with the regulations. Does it wipe out all the regulations of Obamacare? What happens to the regulations? I think so it's up to the states. I, Let me ask it you. It sounds one. like a non-starter. Now, the last argument is we got to pass something. We we've got to do something. We promised the American people repeal. This won't be repeal. No, whatever the Republican Party does, it will not be repeal. At least, judging from what I see from the current bills that are being offered, nothing will will pass the repeal muster. You can already hear them changing the language. This is the first step to repealing Obamacare. It's not repeal. So Rand Paul responds to the idiots who say, we got to pass something. Some of your colleagues say, look, if this goes down, you're going to end up with Obamacare because this is it. It's either this or Obamacare. You'd rather keep Obamacare? I think that the current system is terrible. The death spiral of Obamacare is is un- unwinding the whole system, and it will continue to unwind. But I don't think Republicans should put their name on this, keep part of Obamacare, and then we're going to be blamed for the rest of the unwinding of Obamacare. It's a really bad political strategy, and it's not going to fix the problem. Agreed. So the Fox News panel comes on after this, and they have the weasel, uh, Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, alleged Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel. He's one of the architects of Obamacare. And he says, well, you know, here the Republicans have their plan, but why don't you defend Obamacare? And Ezekiel Emanuel, instead of defending Obamacare, starts attacking the Republican plan, which is just the idea stage at this point. It hasn't even been implemented. But... There is no defense for Obamacare, so the alleged Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel goes on the attack against the Republican replacement. Is the president wrong when it comes to the question of Obamacare versus the current Senate bill? Why is Obamacare better? Well, the current Senate bill will throw 22 million people off of insurance. But we don't know that. That was the... the It will. Look, it's going to throw at least over 15 million because that's the Medicaid part. Ezekiel Emanuel, folks, just admitted something to you. Of the CBO scoring of 22 million people th- being off of insurance, 15 million of them are the ones who shouldn't have been on there to begin with. 15 million are part of the Obamacare expa- expansion. When Obama threw people who make 200 to 400% of the poverty level, able-bodied individuals who could be out there working, he put them on Medicaid. They were never supposed to be on Medicaid, but they got thrown on there. So what Ezekiel Emanuel is admitting is that these people who were improperly and inappropriately put on Medicaid will be thrown off because these people don't fit the definition of why Medicaid was created to begin with. These leeches should not be on Medicaid to begin with because 
that 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 program was not designed to help them. But here came Obama. Let me be clear. I'm going to put him on Medicaid. And he did it. It was inappropriate. They are ineligible, but Obama put them on there anyway. Said, I'm, I'm the great Barack Obama, and I declare you are not eligible. And so did the Congress. Congress said, hey, we know what Medicaid was originally created to do, but you know what? We're just going to magically say that more people are qualified to be on Medicaid. We're going to change the flipping law. And they did it. And they increased a law that was 2%. Medicaid, a program that was 2% of the federal budget, and they increased it to 10%. Now, Britt Hume showed us he doesn't suffer fools well when he tried to remind America about what insurance truly is. And Zeke Emanuel, the little weasel, tried his best to interrupt Britt Hume because Zeke Emanuel knows this argument undermines everything that Obamacare is and socialized medicine is about insurance. So Brett Hume tries to make this point. And remember this, Chris, um, the triumph of Obamacare is this coverage for pre-existing conditions, which basically defeats the whole idea of insurance, which is, for example, if in the automobile insurance market, if you could wait till you had a wreck and then buy insurance and have, have the repairs covered, that's comparable to what we're doing but here. But Britt, if I have I mean, cancer... Listen, hold on, let me finish. Can I please finish? <laughs> he didn't raise his voice. He just looked across the desk at the weasel and said, let me finish. Let me finish. And Brit, Brit Hume is about ready to, to deliver the death blow to what so many left-wingers and socialists and communists are trying to call insurance, but it's not. I'll give you that on the other side of the break as we wrap up the show. It's the Chris Salcedo Show. Glad you've tuned in, everybody, here to The Blaze. The next generation of talk radio. The Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo Show. Listen, dial, speak. 888-900-3393. The The idea of insurance is that you you purchase it to guard against risks and, and, and things that may occur in the future. It's not that you purchase the coverage after you're already sick. But if so, that so once once that idea is gone, Obamacare's essential is remains. You got. If, Twenty seconds. If I have cancer through no fault of my own, I didn't hit a car. Uh, I need to have insurance to cover me. This bill does nothing for those people. It only makes the price of their insurance ever higher. That's why, earlier in life, you buy a catastrophic loss policy, Mister Emanuel. Now you and your Obamacare catastrophe destroyed the catastrophic policy market. But if every American had a catastrophic policy, which was it's, it's very inexpensive, people would get the care they deserved if they got the cancer diagnosis. Unless, of course, you're born with cancer. Then, of course, a child would be covered on their parents' policy, so they would be covered. 
you see. So Mr. Emanuel is is very disingenuous by trying to pervert the idea of insurance. What Obamacare is, folks, it's not insurance. Getting buying something after buying insurance after you get sick or after you get into a car crash or after your house burns down, it's something. It's not insurance. Insurance is to guard you against loss. That's it. And it you buy it before the loss. Ezekiel Amanda says, "Well, they need they need to have insurance. Well, they should buy it ahead of time. And if those if folks can't afford." A certain segment of our population can't afford, maybe 15, 20% of us, can't afford a catastrophic, an inexpensive catastrophic loss policy. Let's talk about that. About a tax credit to give them that. But, sorry, Mr. Emanuel, uh, you lose. Whatever the hell you're trying to shove down, our, or whatever the hell you shoved down our throats with Obamacare, it wasn't insurance. Last thing I wanted to, to point out to you folks, uh, because I don't want to do a whole show without mentioning the Donald Trump Jr. some uh, so-called controversy. There's a graphic we put up. you got to scroll down quite a ways on the Facebook page to find this, but you'll see a picture of Donald Trump Jr. and he's gesturing off to screen, I guess, left. And it says, if Donald Trump Jr. deleted all of his emails, wiped his server with bleach bit, and then smashed all of his cell phones... With a hammer, do you think the basket of biased press would begin to ignore him and declare all the attacks on him a Democrat witch hunt? <laughs> because <laughs> that's precisely what they did with Hillary, remember? She did all that stuff. And they, it's a GOP witch hunt. Oh, it, we, 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 she's so innocent. We love our Hillary. Remember, everybody, a society's worth not measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. See you tomorrow. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network.